Hello. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. I love when people come on. They're just so bright and vibrant and happy. <laughs> it just gives me energy. Thank you yeah, for that. So, so yeah, for that. the 25 cent word I like to use to uh, describe myself when I'm in that mode is ebullient. Ebullient. Mm. Yes. She, she, she just gave us a new word. and peppy. And <laughs> yes, I can see that from the pictures. Uh, uh, all the pictures <laughs> I've been seeing on your uh, profile and everything. And speaking about pictures, okay, we rip the runway at the exoticas now? That what we do? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell us about yeah. it. Tell me about it. Yes. So I walk the runway in the BBW fashion shows in um, both the Chicago and Miami exoticas. And I will mm -hmm. be doing it again in New Jersey. Um, that is on the uh, 22nd and 23rd of this mm -hmm. month and i will also be walking the runway in the dc exoticas as well oh my god so 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 we can <laughs> add fashion model yeah yes <laughs> so and I my publicist wants me to model sportswear too she says i could see you in the lululemon catalog so we'll see about that one. <laughs> oh my god she you see see she's manifesting making big moves so how did you get pulled into that into doing the um, show. I, I will do anything that will get my face and my ass out there, basically. Because <laughs> <laughs> the fashion shows are lingerie fashion shows, mm -hmm. and was just lingerie, like dancewear. Like the outfits that they gave me literally had my ass hanging out. Like they just had straps crisscrossing my back and framing my mm -hmm. butt and going under my butt and scooping underneath it. And then um, in the other three fashion shows, we're showing off uh, these uh, thigh highs called Pixies, that mm, platinum okay. pussy cells, which are the best thigh highs I've ever tried. Like, they actually go up over my thigh meat, and they stay mm -hmm. up, like, all day. Like, I can walk around. Yeah, because I, I be hating thigh highs that, like, we pull them up, and then they be just, like, folding, rolling, and by the end of the scene, yeah. they definitely your ankle. It's just, like... yeah. Just mm -hmm. Yeah, thigh highs are nuts when you have thigh meat. <laughs> mm. I'm sure that there's like girls who are thinner than me that have problems with it too, but Kixies mm -hmm. have like the, the grip that really keeps them on. So they're really nice. I love them and they come in so many different like designs and colors and everything. Like I got some that were like, do you know what a Cuban heel is with a back seam? Yeah. Yeah, so I got ones that were like nude with a red back seam and Cuban heel that are so cute. And then I got some... Um, fishnets as well and i just love them but i'm gonna be wearing uh a few different outfits in the lingerie pack i'm gonna be wearing mm -hmm. a spanking skirt <laughs> okay and, where's the um, spanking skirt where is a spanking skirt you just ain't gonna say that and not explain that <laughs> okay do you know what like you know like in chaps how they're assless yeah it's a skirt but it's assless so there's a cutout <laughs> It's the same and by the way, you have a nice ass. You're not riding a horse, you're riding a dick. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I ain't got to pull the skirt up. It ain't much back there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a skirt, so when you bend over, you can see the puss. But, you know, mm. when you're wearing the skirt, your ass is literally hanging out of the skirt. And I got, like, a black bra to match it. So it's going to be Ooh, really okay. cute. And I think I'm going to bring a riding crop, too to, you know, kind of play with and hold between my teeth and stuff when I walk the runway. Oh, my goodness. Because I'm sorry, there's nothing sexy. There's some <laughs> beautiful sexy legs and some thigh-high stockings and heels. I'm sorry. You you got my attention. <laughs> Cross them legs. Well, I we love we love the big thighs. We love the big thighs, most definitely. Yes, yes. Thick thighs save lives, right? Oh, most definitely. So, look, let me do these particulars and we can get this thing on the road, man. Okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Lounge here on Anchor, the perfect app for anyone who's trying to start their own podcast career. All you have to do is app or go to anchor.fm and get a profile today. You can start recording. You can monetize those episodes and get them distributed to all the major platforms, and you can do all this for free. So go to anchor.fm or download the Anchor app and start podcasting like myself. I'm your host, Kevin Alva, Southern Champ, a.k.a. The Porn Rap Star. Y'all know what it is. If you want to see my porn, if you want to hear my music, if you want to follow me on social media, you can find all these links 
with one link. I'm talking about all my links.com backslash porn rap star. Find me everywhere with one click. Also, we are proudly sponsored by the Facebook of the Ellis community. I'm talking about LSworld.com. Go there today, get yourself a profile. Find kink minded people like yourself and even events in your area so you can continue your journey or start your journey into the life of kinks. We also a proud member of the GW District Black Podcast Network. I'm talking about multiple podcasts, giving you the black perspective. Plus, here's a perspective that you didn't even think about. You can get some shopping done while you're there. I'm talking about from over 500 retailers, black owned. We're talking about fashion, beauty, health, books, masks, jewelry, you name it. They got it. You want it, they can give it to you. I'm talking about shopgwdistrict.com. Support black businesses, buy black, help build a black economy so we can create generational wealth. And last but not least, every Monday, damn night, Monday night, smoke on K97FM, the radio station, the official radio station for the porn industry, every Monday at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you get to hear me chop it up with sexy ladies like this lady. They're going to introduce herself in a second. We talk about the business of porn. So every Monday night, come catch Monday night smoke. Now, with that being said, I'm going to shut up and let this sexy, bubbly, beautiful lady introduce herself. <laughs> yes, that's me. I am Curvy Mary, the BBW MILF next door. And I am uh, joined next to me with my boyfriend, 718 Burke. He can say hi, but uh, he doesn't want to be part of the interview. <laughs> uh, He's they, been with you we, before, though. <laughs> yeah. How you doing, Burke? No need to be quiet, buddy. The fans like you. They love you. No. I'm doing good. I'm just telling them I'm not going to hijack your interview like this about you. <laughs> I feel you, my brother. Hey, where you doing? And everybody, go back and listen to his interview as well as his episode. Trust me, he be dropping some real knowledge, man, some real knowledge. But this is about Curvy Mary. So yeah, with right. that being said, <laughs> so with that being said, how did you start in this business? How did you get in it? Well, I started uh, doing OnlyFans in June of 2020, um, back when I was in my old corporate life, and uh, my income just tanked because of COVID. So I was like, hmm, a lot of people are making money on OnlyFans. I might try it out. And then two months later, I was doing hardcore porn. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> that was a quick transition. Okay, then, so what yes, you were first doing? So what you were first doing on OnlyFans before you did hardcore? I was doing solo stuff primarily. Um, I was about to start doing girl-girl stuff. And mm. then, um, you know, I had one girl that I'd found locally who was, you know, going to do girl-girl stuff with me. And then um, I started doing the hardcore. And then I left my husband. And, <laughs> and Damn. Uh, the rest is history. She did hardcore porn and said goodbye to the marriage. Okay. Well, it wasn't because of the porn, but oh, no, it no, definitely helped speed up the leaving process. Yeah. Well, why did it help speed up the leaving process? I just got to ask that. Because <laughs> I saw that uh, that there was you know more to me, and that you know our values didn't align, and that for people out there who were interested in me other than him, and that mm -hmm. you know I could do better, basically, because he was not. <laughs> yeah. Because it seemed like when late a lot of ladies that I've talked to, um, once they leave their first marriage, it's like they become more sexually free. They know themselves more in many ways. Yes, I agree. Um, I think that the moment I realized that I had value, that I was actually attractive, that I wasn't unfuckable, was honestly the most revolutionary moment of my life. It was, you know, like the Matrix red pill, blue pill moment, honestly. And um, I really had to reach this point in my life, you know, after age 30, where I ran out of fucks to give, as I say. Mm -hmm. And I just, you know... I, I stopped caring what people thought of me and my choices, and I decided to do what made me happy because I realized, you know, um, at the age of 35 that I had been living my life just to please my parents, and I hadn't done anything to make me happy. It was I was doing what I was programmed to do, including marriage that, you know, was good on paper, bad in reality. Yeah, because sometimes we don't realize we live – People live vicariously through us, and we yes. try to appease because part of the re like I, I lived a lot of my life for my family, 
You know, I went to college when I didn't feel like going because of my mom's and the whole nine. And sometimes we put unrealistic expectations on ourselves because of other people. Yes. Like, I started early in my life doing everything to please my parents. Like, I even played the same instrument as my dad when he was a kid, you know, because I was trying to basically, you know, follow his path. And I, you know, I married somebody that, you know, they liked and, you know, I wasn't necessarily into ever. And he just wasn't the right person for me, unfortunately. Sometimes it takes hard truths to find out real truths, huh? <laughs> so with that, let's get to the fun shit. So your first hardcore shoot, how did you go about getting it? And who was it with? And tell us about it. Paint the picture. So I had been, you know, reaching out to various people um, who worked for the BBW sites. And mm-hmm. I found this one guy who was a cameraman um, for Plumper Pass who was filming content and um, he was interested in having me come and do stuff. And um scene that I did was actually a solo that was posted mm-hmm. on Plumper Pass. And then immediately after that, like, you know, the guy was sitting in the room when I was filming it, but it was Chris Cardio. Mm-hmm. So that was my core scene. And um, I would have to say that it was, you know, it, it went well and everything. It's just like, you know, I filmed with so many other people and it really opened my eyes, you know, and that week that I was in Vegas shooting a bunch of scenes, I was doing two scenes a day. Um, I was, you know, doing the thing where I wake up in the morning. I, I actually had a hair and makeup artist come out and get me ready. I did a completely different look every day. Then, you know, I do a scene, then I go and take a shower and then I come back and do another scene. And then I would just go to bed (laughs) and it was during the peak of COVID. It was in August of 2020, you know, like every restaurant was closed. Like I was staying at Mandalay Bay, walking around, just trying to find thing that was open so I could get some food to eat. And I just ended up getting a bunch of delivery food and I got very well acquainted with where to pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) So So I barely left my room that trip. (laughs) I feel that. So, so when, when you start doing the hardcore scenes, um, one, what was your thought process when you was going into your hardcore scene? And then what did you learn afterwards that was, that, how can I put this? That was different from your, not different from your misconceptions, but your preconceived conceptions of what a porn scene entails. Yes. So there's a definite difference between like, sex for fun and porn sex because Mm -hmm. you need to do it for what looks good on camera like you know need to know how to open for the camera um Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't go into it knowing how to do that and some time to learn how to do it and you're you know the whole time especially you know as the girl mindful of how you look the whole time trying to hold your head up keep your legs open you know spread and show everything make sure that there's lighting on you (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um it's hard you know like you're not sitting there necessarily enjoying it all the time because you know it's just like modeling you know regular photo shoots you know you're Mm -hmm. if you're not sweating and you're not hurting a little and you're not straining a little you're not modeling hard enough (laughs) (laughs) yeah so true because it's like when, when you're in front of the camera you have to be mindful of everything um, and, 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 and not only just the camera, but the cameraman, uh, the way that you move, the way you move your body and, and the whole nine. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like a dance between that and male talent and the female talent. Yes. And like, you need to, you know, talk before the scene about what you're going to do, like the positions and the, where you're going to lay, where you're going to sit, what you're going to do where the camera person's going to be, be mindful where the lighting equipment is. If there's um, like sound equipment, you need to be mindful of that as well. There's just so many considerations. Like people don't realize like how much work goes into just being in a porn scene, let alone filming porn. <laughs> yes, it's, it's, it's a totally different beast. Yeah. No air conditioning. And there's like a huge I, difference too between and a porn scene too. Because a sex mm-hmm. tape, you know, you can just put a camera phone on a tripod, call it a day. 
but if you're filming hardcore, you need to make sure that, you know, you know, all the bits and pieces are being shown and, you, you know, the camera person needs to get up in there and all that. And, you mm-hmm. know, when, when you are fresh and new, you don't necessarily, you know, understand that someone's going to have a camera right up in your pussy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cause, cause, cause we got to get the good shots off gate. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta keep the the camera on the prize, basically, so that the eyes are on the prize, you know, because that's what the audience wants to see. They want to feel like they're there. They want to feel like they're looking down, like right at you, you know, like they could imagine themselves doing stuff to you. So, also with that, in a lot of cases, because I because you have done a prefola of shoots and with major talent and, and and companies. You don't mm-hmm. always get the opportunity to actually meet your male talent before you shoot. So with oh. that, speak to the conversation about boundaries, do's and don'ts, and how important it is to to get that out there before you shoot. Yeah, it is incredibly important to have a talk with talent beforehand. Like even if you only have five minutes before the shoot starts, uh, from the minute that they walk in to the minute you know the camera's on you, you need to talk about your boundaries, your do's and your don'ts, your likes, your dislikes. You're like, you know, like say one of my boundaries is is that I don't like to be choked, so I have to tell mm. people not to do that, and I have to tell them that I mark easy, so that if they're gonna spank me or something, not to do it too hard. You know, because otherwise I'm gonna have a big old handprint bruise on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you and got a tender booty on. So, and I've also done for the scenes where I had bruises on me, I'll tell you that though. <laughs> oh my good night! Was, was that on purpose, uh, or were they pleasurable bruising, or that, or, or that was just you know he got a little too happy? He got a little too happy. Um, yeah, because there was one scene that I did. Um, that is actually like, unfortunately, my most viewed scene on tube sites has got like over 200,000 views now, apparently, but, mm-hmm. um, it's with, uh, Dan Ferrari and you can see these bruises on my ass. Um, and it, they're very visible, like even in just the screenshots that God, they, he you know, show. Hit me. <laughs> well, he's not the one who hit me. I don't even remember where the bruises came from, but they came from somebody, you know, a couple mm. of days beforehand. Cause I'd been filming a bunch of scenes that same week. But yeah, that's like something that people need to be cognizant of. It's like if someone mm. marks easy, you know, you, you can't slap them too hard. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> you can't. You're, shooting, you can't. you're usually shooting on a two-week test. And so you're trying to cram in as many scenes as you can during that time until your, you know, window expires. So people yeah. don't just, you know, lackadaisically film a scene, wait a few weeks, fill another one. No, people usually do them in batches. Now, speaking about filming scenes, how do you keep up with the demand? Because... um in this day and age, you have to keep your site updated. You have to film on a regular basis. How do you keep up with that, and how often do you film? Um, I actually have a huge library of stuff that I have never released, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I think that some of it has been released by my scene partners, but there's a good amount of stuff out there, you know, well, not out there, out there, but, you know, stuff that exists in the ether that I have shot that I've never posted anywhere. And I've been saving a lot of that up for my own pay site, which should be coming in the next couple of months, hopefully. And um, at that point, you know, I'm going to have my own subscription hardcore site where you can go and there will be new hardcore scenes posted every week. You know, and everybody can go check it out at curvymary.com. And right now, that's just uh, all my uh, my links everywhere. You can get my Instagram, my Twitter, my website, my OnlyFans, which is currently not in use, but I'm going to start a new OnlyFans pretty soon. And um, I think I'm going to do a loyal fans as well. But you can get all my social media and my links on curvymary.com currently. But now, yeah, I'm going to be doing that. <laughs> now, it's that you said standalone site let's let, let's break into that mm-hmm. okay. because a lot of the girls are more just <clears throat> happy with just having only fans or having many videos what have you please explain the reason that one why it's important for you to have a standalone site and two why a serious porn star needs it well first of all um if you yeah. are only posting on someone else's platform you don't have the security of knowing that it's always going to be there. If you have your own website, 
you know, you have something that's not going to be subject to someone else's whims, like OnlyFans, the reason why I stopped posting on there is because I don't like how they keep doing this push and pull thing where they say, oh, yeah. we're not going to allow adult content anymore. Oops, never mind. We changed our minds. Like, I really don't like that. But I've come to realize that uh, people still want OnlyFans. It's a different kind of experience. It's a it's a much more amateurish, solo-oriented kind of thing. And um, it's a little bit more intimate and a, a bit more of a look into your everyday life than just hardcore scenes, which, you know, are... Mm. You know, people talk, you know, beforehand about exactly what they're going to do that follows a um, a, a typical um, order of things. Like you, you may do like three to five positions plus some oral and, mm -hmm. you know, you're usually filming for about 20 minutes as opposed to mm -hmm. OnlyFans where you do little clips where maybe you're playing with yourself for two and a half minutes and that's what you post for the day. You know, maybe but maybe some other pictures and that's about it. But see, what's interesting is, which I noticed you noticed this in Miami, because I talked to plenty of girls that went to Miami. Mm -hmm. The only fan girls want to become y'all now. Oh, really? Why do you think they sold well, them to the exotic? Probably... <laughs> 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 I'm an only fans girl. Why I'm going to a point, if, if I'm sitting here trying not to be a porn star, why I'm going to go to the place where the porn stars go? Um, it depends what you want to do. I think just doing OnlyFans is an entirely personal decision. I mean, I think diversification is incredibly important. You don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. I think that you need to have several streams of revenue because um, what I always like to say is that sex work is a bouquet of side hustles that add up to a full-time job. Mm -hmm. So you need your clip sites, you need your OnlyFans or loyal fans or just for fans or AVN stars, whatever you choose. And then you need like, because, you know, it's kind of like, it's the, the closest thing to it is job security, basically. Yeah. If you have your own website, you know it's going to be there. If you put it on, you know, if you use the correct providers and you put it on the right server, you know it'll always be there. Um, you know, don't use, you know, certain sites that don't like adult content, um, mm -hmm. but be sure to, you know, you know, make sure that it's going in the right place and it's got the right people behind it. It's got the right payment processors like CC bill, for example, is actually adult friendly. So use something like that. Um, you know, if you have a webmaster, it's good to have somebody who builds porn sites like my webmaster. Mm -hmm that's what she does like that's her entire job but she also films scenes for me too like um you know 718 burke next to me he films my girl girl scenes but she films my boy girl scenes for me so i have two different camera people on call basically this flex has been brought to you by curvy mary ladies and gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> she has a fucking saying, team you, know, you gotta <laughs> you gotta have you know People on but I mean, but you're doing the blueprint. To be honest with you, if you want to, it, it's the blueprint. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, talking? like you, you got to have a, you know, a lot of people that you know. Like you can't rely on one person for anything. That's part of diversification. If you have only one person you know who can ever shoot your content, you're going to be subject to their schedule. Yeah, and if you have one person who only ever does, like, say, um, your hair and you don't have a backup you're subject to their schedule you know if if you don't do your own hair and makeup you got to have somebody or you need to learn to do your own it's very important mm -hmm. you know because you know you got to make sure you look good and you know people need to have a team behind them because it takes a village to do porn basically i'm gonna tell you what's funny it's like I can tell that she's meant to be in podcast because she hit all the points that I was going to hit that I ain't had to ask the questions at the damn time. But <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm going to have my own podcast very soon, actually, called Dangerous Curves on A Love Media. See, the, see, we getting first on my podcast and everything. God dang, girl, you just you just <laughs> on a roll. But 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 speak to but 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 back to the look, okay? Mm -hmm. Because one thing is I always said this. Ladies should always have a professional look with this shit. It's yes. part of if you want to do this bitch, you want to take it. Yeah, it, I don't care if you're an IG model or you're only fan girl. It sometimes the look can carry you to the next level. Speak to that. 
Yes. Um, it, it really depends on what fan base you're going for because, you know, there are some people who like girls with a natural look. Like, you know, they want mm. you to have light makeup. I mean, there. I'm sure there are people out there who do it with no makeup. I'm not one mm. of them. I have found through posting photos on my social media that people apparently do not like me without makeup on. <laughs> yeah. So I realized that I fall into the category of glamour girl. So I have to make sure I have my hair and makeup like ready and it's got to mm-hmm. look good. And, you know, I have to wear heavier makeup than some people might. And I am not very good at doing my own hair. So I've been trying to learn, but I do have somebody who does my hair and makeup usually mm-hmm. um, when I am, you know, doing scenes. If I've, you know, been able to schedule them, you know, well in advance, I reach out mm-hmm. to one person who usually does it for me. So I, uh, I, I think it's very important to, you know, have somebody who can do it for you or learn how to do it well yourself. You know, don't just go to the drugstore mm-hmm. and buy a couple of things, put on some mascara and um, curl your hair and call it a day. You know, if you're going for a glamour look, you need to learn how to do glamour makeup. Like, I've learned so much better how to do my makeup over the past year. Like, I started out not knowing because I grew up with a mom who didn't know how to do her own makeup or her own hair. Like, she couldn't teach me how to do it properly. Like, she outsourced that to other people. Like, (laughs) my mom, mom, like, she would ask friends or she would hire people to teach me. You know, she sent me to finishing school even. I had to learn. Yeah, um, she said she did finish school. school. <laughs> yeah, I no, I grew up. I heard, I heard that term so long. <laughs> they were having Chuck. I said finish school, boy. I heard that a long time. Yeah, no, it's it's a uh, little ridiculous, but um, yeah, I I definitely came from a privileged background, and I'm grateful for it. But um, at the same time, I never really learn how to do my own hair and makeup right. And, you know, sometimes people learn by watching YouTube tutorials. Sometimes they ask other people to teach them. You can take classes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can even get private lessons with makeup artists and hair people. You know, it just depends what you want to do. Or if you're lazy like me, you can hire somebody to do it. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, hey, like my granddaddy said, if you don't know how to do it, get somebody to do That we always said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, know how to um, delegate and outsource. So now, with that being said, because you take that much pride in your look, do you think it kind of helped advance your career more and gave you more opportunities? Because a lot of times, I think if you look, if you want to be the part, you play the part, it opens more doors. I agree. And sometimes you need to fake it till you make it, too. Mm -hmm. And also, you need to ask for opportunities. Don't be afraid to ask people to shoot scenes with you. Don't be afraid to reach out to companies you want to shoot for. You know, don't be afraid to try to make friends with people in the industry. It's very important, you know, because you are your own best agent, your own best publicist, your own best advocate. You need to Mm -hmm. um, be out there. Like, even if you have people who do work for you, you still, you know, are not going to necessarily be their one and only client unless you're, you know, an A-list movie star. You know, and even then, I'm pretty sure a lot of them have agents who have other clients, too. You know, you are the number one in your own life, and you need to still reach for opportunities. Like, I was recently um, in an article in uh, Hustler Magazine, and that's because I followed the Twitters of a bunch of writers because I'm trying to get into articles and, you know, Mm. get mainstream opportunities and put my name and face out there. Now, I'm glad she said something. I always said this. You said that you follow a bunch of writers on Twitter, where have you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You follow, and your thought process is, let me see what they're doing that get them in their spot. Why is it that when ladies see girls like yourself, instead of them looking at how you move, they're just looking at what you do, and they automatically think they can do it, too, and to that level? Well, there's a lot of misconceptions about, you know, the porn industry people think that the minute you do a scene you know you're gonna be making thousands and thousands of dollars you're gonna be rich you're gonna go out and get this fancy apartment and and buy a brand new car with cash and you know it's it's really not the way it is and you know and most of the time 
that's only a handful of girls and they're usually mainstream honestly and they are incredibly lucky a lot of the time you know either they came in the right place at the right time or they've just got a really special personality and look you know but you know timing is important and um you know putting yourself out there and realizing that a lot of sex workers have vanilla jobs too but if you want to do exclusively side work, um, sex work, you need to realize there's a lot of side hustles that add up to a full-time job. Like you need to be on phone sex sites. You need to be doing um, like OnlyFans, Loyal Fans, AVN Stars, whatever. You need to have your own website. You need to be shooting for companies that have their own websites. You need to be on clip stores. You need to find every single opportunity you can because diversification is key. Mm. So that's why I like doing these podcasts because it show you ladies should be taking serious as business women because y'all are true business women in all these purposes. <laughs> well, I did go to business school, actually. <laughs> yeah, because it, they, they had like some of us didn't come from a college, went to college yeah. or graduated. Some of these motherfuckers got doctorates, motherfucker. You can say doctorate. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of very well educated people in this industry. And, you know, some of them started out with the in the vanilla world and then they became sex workers. But some of them are still out there in the vanilla world, too. It just depends because, you know, porn is not guaranteed riches and people have this misconception that it is and it totally isn't. It's not as glamorous as you think. And it's a lot of work and a lot of emotional labor and strain, you know, like one thing that you know i've really been focusing on lately when i talk to newer girls is you need to be sure that porn is for you you need to understand the ramifications that it has on your personal professional and family life as well as your your relationships you know your friends your family your partner partners whatever may have it's important that you know you you're ready for the fallout if it's negative and sometimes like like me i was lucky and people generally received it well like my my parents still talk to me (laughs) and uh and the way that they found out about it was not the best way because my ex-husband this is actually the final straw why i left him he told my parents what i was doing and that really was a conversation it is incredibly dangerous. I, I hate when people want to take take that from you. You know, because yeah, I had that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where I would be the one to tell my mom or my dad or my sister that I do yeah. this, not you. You you you, you can't you, you you don't have that power. And it's sad when people do that. Agreed, and it and also can be incredibly dangerous to unmask a sex worker too. Um, mm-hmm. Like if it's with strangers or people that you don't necessarily trust. You know, or just, you know, some men that have an issue with it. It could be incredibly dangerous. You know, it it's it's not necessarily the easiest thing to do, but you need to be ready for the backlash that could come um, with, you know, your family, knowing with your friends, knowing with, you know, your, you know, and you need to talk about it with your partner first, too, if you have a partner um, and make sure that yes. they're okay. Because what people don't realize and I tell any girl this, or guy, take that shame and throw it out the door because it's not going to help you in this business. If anything, yeah. it'll hurt you. It'll hinder your money making, your growth, mm-hmm. and the experience. I agree. And you need to realize that um, I think the vast majority of us, at least a little bit, are exhibitionists. And that's yeah. how we get into it. You know, because like I realize that I like someone watching me. And not everybody does. And if you're somebody who only has sex with the lights out, with the blankets pulled over you, and you don't want your partner to see your body, then it's probably not for you. <laughs> oh, my God. It's the, no, I told you the funniest one, and I'm sorry, I still have yet to hear it. Is anybody in the town going to see this video? Yeah. I, I, was, I had to look at sure they said, you do realize with www dot mean worldwide and even if you only put one naked picture of yourself out there in the world it's going to be there forever because the internet is forever as long as humanity exists 
the internet will probably be there in some shape or form. Um, it's just the way our society functions now. So, you know, you could be 80 years old and then somebody's like, Hey grandma, um, someone told me that you used to be a porn star. Like what, you know, you need to be ready for that. Yeah. And deal with it when it comes. Cause my mama said it best. Don't be ashamed of anything you got to do to feed your family. Now, with that being said, I got to say this great segue to the next thing I want to highlight you about. Now you do content trade. You also work with major companies on paid gigs, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, when it comes to the content trade, what does a guy, how one, how should he approach you? Two, what he should bring to the table? What cachet he need to bring to the table? What he need to have in place for you to okay and get the blessing for a content trade? Well, first of all, um, if I'm going to be doing content trade. Um, I want to make sure that it's somebody who is established talent, which means you have shot scenes with other people before. Um, I have had experiences where I've shot with people who are brand new and the footage was unusable. So I am not open to content trade with those people anymore. They have to pay me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been, been there. Time, I, it, yeah. I'm sorry. It's nothing worse than I, than I don't even feel like stepping in. Wasn't expecting mm-hmm. to step in, but I had to step in because the rookie couldn't handle business. So I it shit fit stories for fifteen years, law hammers, I can tell you, but go ahead. Yeah, like, you know, you 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 know the stories about the guys who like hit up, you know, everybody and anybody who's even related to the business. They're like, Hey dude, how do I get into porn? Um, honestly, the way you do it is you start filming yourself having sex with somebody else. You know, and you you get some sort of clip site or OnlyFans or what have you, and you start posting it on there because you got to start practicing, <laughs> basically. Yeah. You know, you need to learn how to open for the camera. You need to learn how to be cognizant of the camera person. You need to learn how to um, make sure that your partner looks good too. And you need to not block the camera either. I'm going to tell you what I hate. I'm going to tell you what I hate that dudes do not do. Bert, Bert gonna laugh because me and him talked about it. Why don't dudes, when you ride the dick, part the fucking butt cheek so we can see the dick going in the pussy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. No male talent do that. I'm the only male talent that rich man, and I say Rome Major, the only ones that actually fucking think to do that shit during that sequence. <laughs> I actually you know, met Rome Major the other day, by the way. Yeah, I saw y'all had pictures together. That's it. That, Shouts out to Rome Major, yeah. man. That dude be doing some shit. Be doing some work. <laughs> no, yeah. Rome Major, he he was he was a gentleman, and uh-huh. I love how consent was so important to him. And like he was mm-hmm. like asking, you know, Bert if you know he could, you know, like even just hug me, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a respectful fella. You know what I'm saying? But like I yeah. said, but. But like I said to 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 what you were saying about the the guys or what have you, is that it's a difference between when you work with someone that's experienced because the scene smooth slow move, excuse me, the scene moves better, the flow is better, and it turns out better because it's someone yes. iron steel sharp and steel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, then also at the same time, you can't be incredibly nervous either because that does not look good on camera. So that's oh, where no. the practice comes in. You know, like it's just somebody who's super green is necessarily not gonna have a great scene. So you gotta practice, practice, practice. Just film yourself having sex. Just get started. That's all you really gotta do. Yeah, because it it because one it gets you not be comfortable with the camera. It also give you experience with being in front of the camera. Because at some point you're gonna start watching the videos and say, okay, I should have did this. I should have did that. Cause I know you do. I know you do that because if you're a true professional like myself, I was about to say that that's incredibly important to do when you're starting out is to watch your own content and see, oh, this is what I like. This is what I could do better. Don't, don't, don't critique yourself negatively. Say I would do this differently this way next time, and then keep that in mind. You know, see, you, you, you don't want to. You don't want to look at yourself with a critical eye. You want to look at yourself with with a um a positive eye, but also mm-hmm. a mindful one, like. Oh, like maybe next time I should look over my other shoulder, or maybe next time I should spread my my cheeks or whatever. You know, it's it's that kind of thing. It's important to 
see what you do and what you like and what you can do better. Yeah, because like I said, steel sharp and steel. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're about to get to the unsexy questions. Yes, I okay. always say this. I said the, the, the coochies is listening and dried up and the dicks done got limp on these questions here. <laughs> now, are we about to you say Jeopardy? <laughs> Somewhere like Jeopardy, and the answer is <laughs> yes, Alex. But uh, so you've been in business how long? About eighteen. Eighteen months. Shit, you still a baby. You still a baby. I know. You do a major shit though. You do a major shit. That being oh, said, you. in a short time, I know you experienced the ups and downs of this business, and that's the thing that no one talks about. They always want to talk about the wins, but never the losses. They always want to talk about the success, but never the failures. Yeah. And I want you to speak to the ups and downs of business money-wise. And on top of that, paying attention to the numbers, paying attention to what the fans like, and tips on what you can do to boost your sales. All right. Well, um, I recently, at the actually the Why Not community, which is where I met Real Major, um, mm. I went to this event in Los Angeles where it was a bunch of industry people. It was an industry-focused event, not for fans. And um, one of the things that somebody mentioned was this site called Athena Stats, where you can go and look and see what the trending hashtags are, what the trending um, like uh, things that people are looking for on clip sites or um, other websites to see what, what tags you want to use when you're posting your content. And, um, you know, she said that it had been revolutionary for her. Mm -hmm. And um, from that, you know, I realized that it's important to figure out ahead of time what the the tags are going to be before you post your content. So Mm -hmm. not only do you need to be taking requests from your fans, like say, you know, a one request I've been getting a lot lately is they want face sitting content from me. So I've been trying to film that. Yeah, because you got such and, a nice big ass, so that's not a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah that is anal, but so, I'm not going to do anal anytime soon. So. <laughs> oh, I don't think you even need a boo-boo. Because like I said, being tall, blonde, and that big booty, you good. You good. You good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, yeah, you need, to, you need to listen to what people want from you. And not every type mm-hmm. of content works for everybody. Like, you know let's say you have really big titties, people are probably going to want to see um, tit jobs from you. Let's say you have really nice, people are going to want to see foot jobs, and they're going to want to see oily foot stuff, you know? It just depends on what you have to offer and what sells for you. So you need to be cognizant of what people buy from you and create more of that type of content, not just you know necessarily what you want to film, if you want to make money, you need to film what people want to see from you. So um, another thing that I've been doing lately is I have been using like a hashtag generator app um, when I post things to IG. Um, not Twitter, though, mind you, because on Twitter, using hashtags can get you shadow banned. Um, mm. And you don't need to give them any more reasons to shadow ban you. But on IG, my um, stats have been blowing up lately because I have been using relevant hashtags. And you don't want to necessarily use explicit ones either. Like, you want ones that are, like, kind of sideways relevant to you. Like, say, for me, I need to use curvy hashtags, body positive, um, fashion um size model that sort of thing you don't want to be up there tagging it bbw because that's a banned hashtag you don't want to tag like you know sexual acts you don't even want to say booty you know you want Mm -hmm. to use things that will keep you trending and keep you relevant but not tank your results because you're using banned words essentially so um that big tip for social media growth and another thing that i have been doing lately is posting what does it leave more to the imagination because um another thing that is important in in trying to grow your social media is making yourself visible making sure you're not shadow banned on any social media site make sure that you're not 
using tags that keep you pushed down in the results or get you flagged because you want to um, get the biggest audience possible. So I'm posting more things that leave it to the imagination and then, you know, like link in bio, you know, mm -hmm. people want to go see you. They want to see your website after they found you and they're like, Ooh, I'd love to see what she looks like naked, you know, you know, and if you put it all out there for free, they're not necessarily going to spend money. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, for me, at least, I don't know if necessarily everybody wants to do it, but for me, I found that it's been successful lately. I'm over here speeches because she done taught me some shit there. <laughs> That's it. Wait a second. Oh, no. Let me write this down for a second. Shit. It's Aquafina? What? Uh, what? Yeah, okay. Okay. See. <laughs> see, but 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 see, but see, also that's the thing because I noticed this after the OnlyFans shit, more people is now starting to come out with the spaces where they're now trying to educate people on how to move an adult film that was never mm -hmm. present prior. Because yeah, that's the current experiment on Twitter, anyway. Yeah, because because me when I came in. And I'm old. It, no, you you had to find a producer. You had to you had to find somebody willing to tell you what to do. You know, say mm -hmm. or give you the knowledge or or turn you on per se, you know, period. And I think that it's important for the educational stuff to be out there because it's too easy to get in the business now. You know, yeah. just having a cell phone and a dildo for the ladies, especially for women. <laughs> <laughs> our path is totally different. That's why we have a little bit more longevity than women. Because we have to come in treating this business because we got to find a piece of pussy to fuck. Yeah, but so, though, like you also don't get paid as much either. That's another nah, problem. Nah, nah. Shit, at, at all, hardly. Shit, it, into that. That, 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 that. That's a rant. That, that's a rant. I done did umpteen times on that. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think, I think honestly, like everybody should be paid the same rate, you know, mm -hmm. regardless of, you know, what you're filming, you know, like if you're skinny, big male or female, what, no matter, you know, if you're trans, you know, it doesn't matter. I think that, you know, there should be much more like reasonable and cohesive pay rates across the board because i think it's really discriminatory the way it is mm -hmm. right now and honestly something a lot of people don't know um bbws get paid about half as much as mainstream girls oh uh, a lot baby, of fewer baby, sites out there for us to be on too baby you, you need to go back and listen to my episode <laughs> on bbws in hollywood and porn <laughs> That just didn't start, okay? Let's just make that clear. Uh -huh. Hell, they barely wanted to give y'all an AVN award, which I understand they ain't oh, even doing yeah. that this year. You know, well, I, 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 I was uh, educated recently the uh, Exotica Awards that used to be a thing, and they had a bunch of puns for the categories, and the one for the BBW category was called Hungry, Hungry, Haughty. And that I can get why there so was, was a problem with that. Uh, they would call the Biggie Awards in New Jersey. <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Not Biggie Smalls, but the Biggie Awards. The Biggie Awards, yes. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I can see why that's it's, probably it's, it's like, also, you missed the feeder feedy. You would hate, oh, God, I, that, that shit made me cringe. I used to hate that. But yeah, for another day. But like I said, I mean, but... The beauty of it is, is that the BBWs are right now actually, to me, probably the the top money makers in many ways, and, mm -hmm. and making the most. And, and because the reason why I'm saying that, when 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 I look at it, them the girls that have really been standing out, been making noise more so than that of the smaller models. That oh and yeah, I mean it's definitely it. trendy right now. Like it's definitely a growing niche, but it's still a niche. And I think that we don't get as much respect as we necessarily should. And I feel that society looks down on it more than it really should because, you know, there's a lot of guys that, you know, that will happily date and fuck big, big girls in their real life. Mm -hmm. So I don't see why there's not more um, legitimacy out there for us. 
you saw Brazer just shot a BBW, and look how long it took them to get to that point. Yeah. Which I know. I'm I gonna love say to shoot for them. No, look, I'm gonna say it. Now I don't give a fuck. They did mm-hmm. it because they were throwing shit against the wall, and Bert knew what I'm talking about. <laughs> 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 because, because at the end of the day, trust me, the big mainstream company did backflips when OnlyFans said we're shutting down the sex workers. They said, "Thank mm-hmm. you, thank you," because this is the era of the content creator. Because yes. even to the point that mainstream Hollywood, their big their big releases don't even get the attention like that of what y'all get on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Honestly. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of it's it's it moved to that, but it also took away what made porn great to me, which was taboo. Because yeah, it became but, so you know- but at the same time, I think that it's good, though, that the this era of the content creator, as you call it, has been mm. lending more legitimacy to people, you know, taking nude photos of themselves. Like, mm-hmm. I think that in the future on dating sites, they're going to have like a like a spot where you put in your your OnlyFans or whatever link and, and allow nude photos, you know, mm. because normal people are doing it now. You know, there's the soccer mom down the road. There's, you know, the the girl next door. There's everybody you went to high school with who does it now. <laughs> you know, it's it's pretty hard to uh, throw a rock and not find someone who's on older fans. Now, I'm going to tell you what's going to be the interesting switch of this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ladies like you is going to benefit in the next five years heavily. And I'm going to tell you why. See, everybody get close, get close to wherever the wherever you listen to this, you you're you gonna be like, oh, because amateur, we're in the content, which it turns one has cheapened the porn. Mm-hmm. There's no denying that. Cheapen the quality. Okay. All right. Ladies like you who do high quality is going to stand out more now than they did five years ago because the amateur only fans are dictating how porn is being shot nowadays versus when I came in, mainstream dictated. Meaning you went, you you better have a camera and you better have lights. Yeah. At the very least, I got, you get a ring light and a tripod. You know, I'm just start shooting stuff. Lie to you not. I've I showed a porn star a fucking digital camera and said, I'm going to film this tonight. This is the future. She told me, get that fake camera out of my fucking face and get a real camera. I can't tell you how much I dislike shooting um, like scenes on a phone. Like, yes, it. phones have better quality video nowadays, but you know, nothing beats the quality of a good DSLR or a video camera. And because you need to have it edited nicely. You need to put on a title card, maybe throw on some music. You know, I think that it's very, very important to have like high quality, good production value stuff, even if you're making it yourself and it's just content trade. I yeah. think that that you need to put in the effort like you have to put it out there what you want to be. If you want everything just to be amateurish and that's the brand you're going for. Hey, film it on your phone. Get a ring light from Amazon for 10 bucks, whatever. But if you want to film high quality content, you need to go out there and get a good camera. You need to get some panel lights or some umbrella lights. You need to get like, uh, you know, a gimbal or something. You need to ed- like invest in editing software for video and photos and all this stuff. You need to pay for photo shoots, which is important too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, I, I'm sure some, you've noticed that it's very important to me that I post high quality photos. And yeah. I don't really like posting selfies very much, but, you know, like. Cause but see, but I, see, it's I, part I, of it's part of being on brand, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. It's a brand that she has established that she wants to keep mm-hmm. because. Once again, we didn't see her OnlyFans. We saw her with major shit. Yes. So if I saw you doing major shit, I better not see you doing bullshit because you just killed my fantasy. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, there is, there's like, I, I don't want to poo-poo the, you know, amateur content because it is still the number one most searched keyword. But, you know, like you said, it's brand, branding and yeah. but see, but making see, sure amateur, that you're putting out there what you want to put out there. But see, with amateur, this is what people are not understanding. They're not saying amateur as in the way it's being filmed. No, they mean an amateur as in, motherfucker, you, you don't shoot for AVN. That what the term amateur really posted meant. I don't know. I but, think I think there's quality differences too. Yeah, I mean, uh, don't get it twisted. You have pro am, which that what I was considered, and it back in the day what the ladies now the BBW stars be considered for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, then you have your straight amateur where they do with the cell phone. You feel what I'm coming yeah. from? Mm-hmm. Because the reason why cell phones is not good because small. Yeah, that's just I, I, I'm sorry. I I rather shoot with a 12 megapixel Kodak than to shoot with the best fucking iPhone possible because I'm not gonna get the same effect. It, it, yeah. I don't give a fuck how much editing you do. Yeah, and oh, and and, well, and putting a story to it too is important, not just yeah. the quality of the equipment you're using. Yeah, because people still want the fantasy. Yeah. You know, they want to see a build-up. hmm Because regardless of the fact, they want to see a girl that they can't touch until they can fantasize jerking off to her. <laughs> <laughs> because the fantasy, that, it, it, because it's like, I mean, it's not wrong with having a different mixture of amateur, but I tell girls you better have some professional-looking shit on your shit because it's about longevity. This is a marathon, mm-hmm. not a sprint. The girls like the Sarah J's. Like Platinum pussy, like that of Cherokee Diaz, Eliza Allure. These mm-hmm. ladies did decades because they was on a professional level. They kept the professional look, yeah. and and sometimes the ladies that come in do not understand that because if you want to make money, you gotta look like money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and there's well, and with that, there's also you need to understand that you need to sometimes like invest money to make money too. Like you need to invest money to buy good equipment, to hire people to shoot it for you, to hire people to do your hair and makeup, to buy like, you know, lingerie. So you're not shooting the exact same outfit every time, you know, Mm. you you know, I I can go into all different places. You can buy lingerie for cheap, you know, an episode on my podcast, you know, resources for where to buy plus size lingerie at you know good prices and you know i've been lucky that you know i've you know gotten sex worker discounts at various adult stores like if i got one here in las vegas that gives me 30 percent off and that's great you know i had one back in california where i was getting discounts too so you know it's important to um you know build build a network and to invest money and to put in the work necessary because if you come at it half-assed it's going to look half-assed See, can, can I put you down as a smoke buddy? Did you be back on the episode on later episode? <laughs> sure. And 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 hopefully I will have the pleasure of being on your podcast. Actually, I want to bring you back for an episode so we could talk about your podcast and talk about podcasting mm-hmm. because it's it's it's, it's uh, I love hearing that someone that does what I do is about to do a similar path as me. Mm-hmm. And that's beautiful because the, I'm just saying this right now. We about to make a new genre of fucking podcast called the porn podcast. Yeah. We're talking about porn, porn topics, porn business, porn business ethics. We're not just talking about people sucking a dick and eating pussy. We want to kill the misconception that these women, they're not dumb. These men are not dumb. We are no, very there's plenty of educated busy. people out there too. Yes. And so when I hear her, Lily, Lily Craven, you know what I'm saying? Check out her podcast, you know, talk you no know, sex phone sex with Lily Craven. You know what I'm saying? Hanky Panky podcast with my girl Coral. Um, 
Coraline Jewel, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, period. You know, I'm seeing a lot of these podcasts popping up, and it's still the fucking good as shit, yo. Care <laughs> <laughs> about what the name of your podcast is going to be? Dangerous Curves with Curvy Mary. <laughs> it's going to be on A Love Media coming very oh, soon. And I'm mm. going to have um, a website for it um, that's going to redirect my page on alovemedia.com at dangerouscursepodcast.com. And people can find me now at curvymary.com or my uh, Twitter direct link is curvymary8 and IG is curvymary8xx and the X's are lowercase. See, I ain't at the same my usual. Terry Bowen <laughs> to find you. She just, that how you know she she's built for this podcasting business. And I'm looking forward <laughs> for us to collab on a whole bunch of episodes for real. For oh, real. I do a lot of and podcasts, I got you. so I, I've got the elevator speech down. That's what they oh, call it. Oh, well, 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 trust me, I will help you. <laughs> hey, me, me and you going to do some, some business together, for real. Mm-hmm. Most right. definitely some serious collabos. So, people, you know how we end this all day, early day. Life is a learning experience. What's the point of experience? You didn't learn anything. Smoke this over. Thank you for coming. Thank you.